Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Alsana Lloyd, and this is The Daily Download. Today, HousingWire's HW Plus managing editor, Brenna Nath, discusses how actions taken by the Federal Housing Finance Agency have resulted in significant credit contraction for U.S. consumers and the mortgage industry. I'll also cover Fannie Mae's announcement that more than one million of its borrowers are already in forbearance, plans by the nation's GSEs to make payments directly to investors for loans that stay in forbearance longer than four months, and how COVID-19 has changed the mindset of U.S. potential home buyers. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Extraordinary challenges demand extraordinary solutions. CoreLogic is uniquely positioned to help you navigate this historic disruption. Whether it's virtual home showings, flexible employment verifications, or automated loan modification engines, CoreLogic delivers the data-driven solutions, targeted insights, and deep domain expertise trusted by the nation's most successful mortgage lenders. Explore how CoreLogic can help you today. Visit corelogic.com forward slash COVID-19. Thank you for listening, and here's Brennan Ath on how actions taken by the Federal Housing Finance Agency have resulted in significant credit contraction for U.S. consumers and the mortgage industry. To start off this week's daily download, we're covering a Pulse piece from former NBA president Dave Stevens on how the FHFA actions have resulted in unprecedented tightening of credit. It's now been over one month since the CARES Act was passed, creating a blanket forbearance option for all borrowers in GSE, FHFA, VA, or USDA loans to skip 6 to 12 months of payments. Stevens claims that because of the rush to pass legislation, the unforeseen adverse impacts could not have been fully vetted in advance, and as a result, there's been a multitude of challenges, the top two being, how would mortgage servicers come up with tens of billions of dollars in advances to bondholders of loans in forbearance, and secondly, what about borrowers who went into forbearance after settlement and before the loans were sold to the GSEs or into Ginnie Mae Securities? As we've covered before, the FHFA established that if a loan was unsold but settled first payment, qualifying forbearance, that they would allow the originator to sell the loan to the GSEs for a price. And the market's response? Well, immediately cash-out refinances began to evaporate. Wells Fargo eliminated them altogether, as did others. Stevens stressed that the policies being implemented by originators and investors in response to this is wildly varying, only adding to the confusion in the market. So what needs to happen? Stevens highlighted two things that could help alleviate the growing confusion and stress in the market. First, he said that FHFA Director Mark Calabria needs to state that the GSEs will establish liquidity facilities for only those that need it, his reasoning being that the GSEs own the servicing anyway and they have the capital. Secondly, he said the director needs to get rid of these outrageous delivery fees that have all but killed refinancing. For example, of the impact, take cash out refinancing. Small business owners, self-employed borrowers, or a family with the loss of maybe one income earner in a household may use this cash out in order to stay afloat or keep their business alive during this period. Stevens concluded that the FHFA has single-handedly forced an extreme and unstable level of credit contraction onto one of the brightest spots in the economy housing, adding that they can fix this and is their job to do so. We'll continue to cover the story as it unfolds. And for the rest of today's podcast, here's Alcina Lloyd. 
Thank you for listening and our wrap with today's top stories, beginning with Fannie Mae's announcement that more than 1 million of its borrowers are already in forbearance. According to an article written by Ben Lane, approximately 7% of the mortgages in Fannie Mae's portfolio are now in forbearance, and the GSC doesn't expect that figure to stop growing anytime soon. In fact, the GSC said Friday that the number of borrowers in forbearance could double in the coming weeks. Chief Financial Officer Celeste Brown said while the GSC estimates that approximately 7% of loans in its single-family book have taken forbearance so far, their allowance in the quarter reflects uptake of 15%. According to Brown, uptake could be higher if economic conditions are worse than the GSC's forecast. Our next story comes from Ben Lane and announces Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are preparing to cover servicers' advances on loans and forbearance. According to Lane's article, the GSC separately revealed last week that they are planning to make payments directly to investors for loans that stay in forbearance longer than four months. Under the CARES Act, a borrower whose mortgage is backed by either the government or the GCs who is experiencing a COVID-19-related hardship can request and must be granted forbearance of up to 180 days, which they may extend by an additional 180 days if necessary. This created a situation where servicers believed that they would theoretically be required to advance the missed payments to mortgage bond investors for as many as 360 days, which caused many servicers and mortgage industry observers to practically beg the government to set up a federally-backed liquidity facility for servicers. And while some big names believe this could still happen, the FHFA gave servicers some peace of mind when it announced in April that servicers will only have to cover four months of payments. However, with a potential forbearance period of nearly a year and servicers only on the hook for four months of payments, the issue of who would make the remaining payments became a significant one. But now it looks like servicers have an answer as it will be the GSCs who will be making those payments. Under the GSE's previous policies, mortgages that are delinquent for more than four months are purchased out of MBS pools by the GSCs. But under a new policy announced last month, the GSCs will keep loans and forbearance in their respective MBS pools for at least the duration of the forbearance plan. So loans and forbearance will remain in MBS pools for as long as they're in forbearance. And the GCs are maneuvering to cover those remaining payments for however long they need to. Our last story discusses how COVID-19 has changed the mind of the nation's potential home buyers. According to Falcon's article, despite the uncertainties of the current pandemic, some consumers are still shopping around for homes. A new study from Ojo Labs surveyed 200 home buyers who had planned to purchase a home within six months before the outbreak of COVID-19 and found the virus has amplified many of the existing difficulties along the home buying journey and made apparent the value of both technology and human expertise. According to the survey, 45.6% of shoppers say they are now motivated to expedite their moving timeline because they think they'll get a good deal on a home, while low interest rates are a major factor for 56.5%. Another huge factor for these potential home buyers was social distancing and the ability to bounce back in the job market. Furthermore, 86% of those surveyed said their moving timeline has now been delayed or stopped altogether, while 60% of first-time home buyers say they're concerned about future employment. While 60% of first-time homebuyers say they are concerned about future employment prospects, and 54% said the inability to see homes in person is a factor. This may be why Falcon reports that even though there are still potential homebuyers out there, new listings have dropped an average of 63% in the earliest, hardest-hit markets. And due to social distancing and shelter-in-place guidelines, Ojo Labs said that open houses have declined 82% lower than the March peak. That being said, virtual tours, 3D tours, live stream tours, and even FaceTime tours have come out of the woodwork showing the eagerness of agents. 
Ojo said that 28% of those delaying their process still report looking at listing photos and 25% are taking virtual tours of homes now more than ever before. This Friday, HousingWire is hosting a real estate tech virtual demo day. The event is designed specifically to help real estate industry decision makers and is a high impact, low risk environment to learn about how these platforms and solutions may help your business navigate the current environment. Register at housingwire.com under events or email Brendan Nath for more information. That's a wrap for today's podcast and catch you here again tomorrow.